Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. Madrasa on A. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to your program Madrasa on A. Of course, Developing Islam in Me and this is the Hajj edition. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along with special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. And also on technical controls, we have the producer of the program being Zarina Talib. Though know that you can send through your messages and interact with us with anything that Sheikh is going to be mentioning in the program on the number 072 2380712. There's also our SMS number, which is 47913. But for further ado, yesterday, Sheikh did an introduction as to what you can expect in the program. And today, Sheikh will be continuing on that, inshallah, and also going a little bit into depth in terms of Hajj. Sheikh, Assalamu alaikum. Sheikh, how are you doing this afternoon? Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, so self I'm Alhamdulillah, Sheikh. Shukran for asking. However, Sheikh, I'm now leaving the ball in your court, inshallah, to continue the program. Shukran, Jazakallah khair, Barakallah fikum, Jazakallah khair, Alhamdulillah. Um, allow us to be able to start um, our program with uh, normally our, our opening dua. Um, بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والجنة للموحدين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا زدنا علما ورزقنا فهما برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة توقنا أذاب النار ودخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين Alhamdulillah, thanks and praises due to Allah till always and forever. And love and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassid li amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma alimna bima yanfa'ana bima yanfa'una. Birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana tawakina adhab al-nar. Alhamdulillah. As for what we did yesterday, we went into the, we are busy with the Hajj course, Alhamdulillah. Um, and in yesterday's message, we actually showed the fact that this ibadah is an ibadah which Allah has created for us to be a, be a fart uh, uh, in, in, uh, on, on everybody in this ummah. And we've indicated to you certain ahadith and ayat that makes that clear. We've also said that this ibadah became fart in the sixth year of the hijrah. And as some scholars say, now in the tenth year of the hijrah. We mentioned to you that in surah number two, surah Baqarah, verse 196, Allah mentions the importance of that su- of that uh, ibadah. Allah says, uh, sorry, 196 is in surah number 3 
Surah Ali Imran, verse 97, Allah says, And it's compulsory on man to perform the Hajj for the sake of Allah. We've also indicated to the extensive or intensive aspect that there need to be commitment in this total ibadah. We also indicated very clear that Allah has made this ibadah a once-off ibadah, which means a person should be totally focused and know exactly what he's supposed to do and also do it to the best of his ability. We've also said to you that it is the fifth pillar in Islam, the last pillar that there is of the five pillars of Islam. And that then brought us to the understanding if that is the fifth pillar, we need to then have an overall view of understanding and seeing the five pillars together in having to be able to implement that fifth pillar in my life. Because if any one of those pillars has got to be implemented and you are not with the understanding of it in relationship with the other pillars, one would not be able to do a justice in having to fulfill the success of that pillar. And may Allah grant that to happen to all our khujaj that when they perform this pillar, that they in actual fact have prepared themselves thoroughly with understanding in the relationship to this pillar, to all the other pillars, and how it is affecting, the, affecting their total ibadah, that their hajj becomes a hajj magbun and mabrur. Um, I'm not absolutely sure whether I mentioned this yesterday, but um, you and I have been, in, in our younger days, we've been exposed to the understanding when it comes to Hajj, then Hajj had to do with having to forgiveness of sins, and I've said that um, it is a misconception. It's a total misconception that Hajj is to do with forgiveness of sin. Let me just show you, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says to us, when you and I take wudu, Allah forgive our sins. When you and I make salah, Allah forgive our sins. When you and I smile to a next Muslim, greeting him or her, Allah forgive our sins. So yes, in everything a mu'min does or a believer does or a Muslim does, subhanak, Allah forgive our sins. The difference is that in this ibadah there is a guarantee of the forgiveness of sins. There is a guarantee that you surely know your sins will be forgiven. In whatever other ibadah you do, there is a hope and a wish that your sins might be forgiven. And you wish that Allah has forgiven. You only do the action, but you hope that your action has. Here is a guarantee, and the guarantee has been given to you prior to your departure. Before you leave, before you go, it's guaranteed as a fact. Everybody who ever goes for Hajj is guaranteed forever until Yawm Al-Qiyamah. The only guarantee that there is on Hajj is the guarantee that Hajj will offer you the opportunity that all prior sins have been forgiven. But let us understand, that is not the reason and the cause, not the objective, not the crux of the matter. What is the crux of the matter? What is the objective? What is the purpose for going for Hajj? Is to be able to put in the necessary commitment, dedication and hard work to obtain Hajj Magbul and Hajj Mabrur. And that is not an easy task. That is the most difficult task. Now remember, yeah, I need to must probably just mention for everybody, as much as for the Hujaj. Remember, one factor that's a guaranteed fact for your Hajj 
is the fact that Allah is going to forgive you. And because Allah is going to be forgiving you, and that factor is the, com- the commodity, that is the cheapest commodity on the day of Arafah, and Allah makes it the commodity that unfortunately shaitan will not be able to break down from you. He will not be able to steal that from you and he cannot stop you from that. And he hates, he hates the moment knowing that Allah is going to allow you to be able to be forgiven in totality as a fact. As a fact, in totality, Allah is going to forgive you. But that is not the reason why he's gonna break, he's gonna work at that. He he knows he's got no power to that. He's absolutely powerless. He can do nothing. He can have a major army. The whole the major army means of is of no value in relationship to the sin that you've done prior. But what happens is, so now he says, I'm gonna work at making your Hajj a total mess. I'm going to break your hajj down. I'm going to make you forget about the purpose and yet your cause and that you must be focused and that you be connected, be connected to having to do your ibadah properly. And so now I'm going to make your hajj a total mess that you do not obtain hajj magbun and mabrur. So yes, people, and I'm just saying this with the hope and intention that we understand, where the hujaj is concerned, strive, strive, strive. And I, I probably can say this to everybody. If you're going to go to the hujaj and visit the hujaj, and you need to say something to them, give them the clear message that please get yourself connected to the purpose and your, why you're there, and fulfill your issues properly so that you can obtain hajj, makbul and mabrur, Unfortunately, if you do not, shaitan is going to corrupt your hajj. He's going to break it down. Take it as a fact and say it to every hujaj. Say it. And give it. Let us give it to the messages, to all the hujaj that we meet up with, uh, that we remind them the most important factor is get yourself connected, understand and know what you must do and strive to do it to the best of your ability. Be focused in doing it and see that you obtain and work to obtain Hajj Magbul and Hajj Mabrur, inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are now going to be breaking for ads. And when we come back, we'll continue the program, Madrasa on Eid, Hajj edition, to know that you can interact with us on our WhatsApp number as well as our SMS number. We'll be back right after this. Yellow packer full of packet. Here we go. Deals in the house. Prices are low. It's ShopRite's yellow packet promotion with over 1,000 low price deals. Get a 2 kilogram bag of Speckle parboiled rice for only $18.99 and a tray of 18 large new laid eggs for a low $26.99. Offers valid until 9 July at all Western Cape stores excluding Southern Cape. ShopRite, lower prices you can trust, always. Excellent Meat Market brings you this week's Wow Wednesday Blitz. Whole and half fresh mutton, 71 rand 99 per kilogram. That is, whole and half fresh mutton, 71 rand 99 per kilogram. You've heard right, whole and half fresh mutton, only 71 rand 99 per kilogram. Don't miss out on the best Wow Wednesday Blitz. Valid at all stores. All our products are quality guaranteed. All your money back. Excellent Meat Market, committed to excellence. Escape the Childers holiday with legend tours and travel to Istanbul and Dubai. Spend four nights in the vibrant city of Istanbul and three nights in dynamic Dubai from just 16,900 Rand per person sharing. This rate includes flights, airport transfers, four-star accommodation with breakfast and visas 
and is valid for travel until 30th September 2017. Terms and conditions apply. To book the seven nights combo deal from just 16,900 Rand, call Legend Tours now on 021-704-9140 or visit our website legendtours.co.za. Legend Tours, your preferred travel management company. Hey, buddy. Yeah, but I see you picked up some weight now. That's a eat from quality <laughs> meat. They say it's Fairfield Meat Center, buddy. The flesh like your heart a race. Number 339 Four Tricker Road, Or call 021-939-4222. When I see that flesh, I know that I'm at the right place. Fairfield Meat Center, put a smile back on your face. <laughs> To your health, we pride ourselves in providing our clients with clinical and professional health services by qualified, courteous and well-informed staff. We specialize in live blood analysis which helps to enhance and improve your health. We also stock a wide range of health products. So whatever your health requirement, call us on 021-671-2469 for a free consultation with Ashraf. For your convenience, to your health is open seven days a week. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Madrasa on A. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to your program Madrasa on A. This is the Hajj edition. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along with special guests in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. The time is now 14.28 by my side and yes, Sheikh is going to be continuing where Sheikh stopped just before the ad break. Sheikh Tafatul. We were discussing on the issue of the the different aspects that there is and we came to the point that we understand that this is a f- the fifth pillar and then from the fifth pillar we yesterday went into the understanding that through having to look at the fifth pillar and that's the last pillar amongst the pillars of Islam we then have to have a thorough look and a good understanding of all the pillars to be able to because that's the final one and you wish to wish to be able to make the success of the final one and it has a total relationship with the others we then took a look at the other pillars we we the, we went, took at the look at the first pillar yesterday and we you and i know the first pillar is the kalima to shahada to worship to, to be a testimony that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and to be testimony that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the messenger of Allah that is what the first pillar is all about it deals with these two aspects the aspect of the worship of Allah and that you and I worship now with nobody else and we've looked into the processes we're not going into that much for now and when we ended there with yesterday I just need to make the statement clear here which we said yesterday is that it is not the Kalima Shahada is many people's under the impression it just simply is a uh, um, it's simply words and it's words that must be uh, be said and if you say it then that's enough nay it is not words to be said it is words that had because words has an impact on our minds and on our hearts and in our reaction and if words is if we understand the word, then that word has a total impact. And so, yes, it consists of words, but it's not words only. 
So it's not something like Africa, which you and I don't know what it means because it's not our it's not our language. No, it's not words like that. It's not something in a language foreign to us. Right? It is words which is understood completely its depth and its its understanding has profound effect on our action on our reaction on how we respond and how we interpret it and how we re- react and, and see that we implement that in our life and this is what the Kalima Shahad is all about so we said its first aspect consists of the fact and you and I need to understand that we take an oath in front of Allah that we will worship nobody else but him and we also take to the same oath the fact that we will not live our life except for the pattern and the manner of the tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam that is what our kalima shahad consists of so we came to the end yesterday of the first part of that Karima Shahada, the dealing of that worship of Allah, and we went into the extent, and we don't have the luxury for that right now. We will go on those things he was using the other programs, inshallah, or in the other subject matter. Um, we just need to just touch on the second part of that Karima Shahada, and I bear testimony to the fact that Muhammad وسلم, is the messenger. Remember when we say the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is our messenger, we say he is a messenger, he carries a message, and we then say what is that message? That message is the Quran and his sunnah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa That is what Islam is all about. We cannot separate the Quran from the sunnah. We cannot separate the sunnah from the Quran. Because Allah ta'ala, the creator of this deen, has put the two together and connected them and cannot separate them. There is a great amount of people in the world today who in actual fact is the enemies of this deen of Islam and they come inside it and they corrupt it and destroy it from inside by having to offer the opportunity to people that we need to look into understand this deen through the Quran without the Sunnah and believe you me you will have a proper misunderstanding of this deen because you cannot no you, no alim, no sheikh, no mufti no peer, nobody can ever come by having to give to us the Quran without having to understand it via the sunnah tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because Allah Ta'ala the creator of this deen has connected the two together has created in such a way it can never ever be separated and you cannot remove the one from the other the two is in an actual support to one another and Allah just created it as such Allah wanted it for us like that it is those people who hate Allah and who hate this deen who wants to corrupt us and wants to offer us all the confusion in our life and who created the process of satanism and satanic processes that we fall for those things and if a Muslim believe that there is such a thing that you can be Muslim without having to respect and to give honor to the status of which came from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you and I then become immediately kafir may Allah to protect us may Allah grant us insight and understanding so when we say and I testify that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger meaning he has been given the message from Allah and Allah is giving him the message to be able to come to you and to me, to each one of you who listen to me right now, to you, nobody else, not your children, not your family, yes to you. 
to them as well, your parents as well, your offspring as well, but to you first and foremost. But you and I need to understand, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is your messenger who came to you to indicate, to take you by the hand, to guide you into the straight path, to grant you to be a Muslim, to allow you to enter Jannah And it's not possible without Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So our testimony is a means of understanding that, now, yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying this to you because it also reference to the Hujaj. But the judge needs to understand, when they go to Medina, who are they going to? Why are they going to be there? For what purpose are they going there? Right? And to really see themselves as it's not possible for you and me to ever be Muslim, was it not for the effort and commitment and the hard work of that Nabi Muhammad وسلم, which Allah has sent to be able to take you and me from our stupidity, from our ignorance, from our darkness, and to take us out of the, the, the wrath that we are in, to take us to the light, to the nur of Islam, the success that Allah can grant us to be of those people who will be successful, not for dunya only, but that we can find success in our dunya, our qabr, and our akhirah. May Allah grant us to be amongst those people. And that there is no other way except for the tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Love and salam upon him, his family, his friends, and all those who follow his path. Allahumma ameen. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. So we said he is the messenger. He carries the message. We have identified the message of the Quran and the Sunnah. And that message comes from Allah. Both of those messages, the message of the Quran comes from Allah, and the message of the Sunnah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa comes from Allah. Allah says, "Wama yantiqu anil hawa." He never ever utters a single word out of using his own mind. He doesn't use his intelligence. He doesn't use uh, research. No. In huwa illa wahyun yuha. Instead, says Allah, it is direct from Allah. It is it has no lab where research was done in. It comes from the Lord of creation, the Lord of all the labs that there is, of all the researches that ever will be. It comes from Him, who in actual fact had given Him the guidance so that. Everybody as human who is Muslim can be guided on the right path. May Allah grant us to be real Muslims. Muslim means that wants to be on the righteous path, wants to follow that path. So the Sunnah Tariqah of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is then an important. We said it is, he is a messenger, he carries a message, then we've identified that message. The question is, who is that message for? If you don't realize that that message is for you, then I don't know who this message is for. Don't think of anybody else. If you don't realize this, for, this message is for me, for nobody else, not for others, it's for me, you need to ask yourself the question, if this message was for me, did I, did, do I follow this message? Do I read this message? Have I understood this message? Do I want to implement this message? Because that makes me Muslim. For if you don't, if you haven't accepted the message, then you are not Muslim. If you don't want to understand the message, you cannot be Muslim. If you don't want to love this message, Islam is I mean, a term, it's not you. May Allah protect. This is how serious the situation is. Remember people? 
This is when we say, Ashadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah. He is my messenger. He was sent to me. He was, he was sent with the, mess, the greatest message from Allah, the Quran and the Sunnah, to make me a Muslim, to take me from my wrath, from my ignorance, from my stupidity, from my darkness, from my jahiliyyah, from my depth of, 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 of misunderstanding. He was guided and shown, taken, guided and sent by Allah to take me to the Sarat al-Mustaqim, to guide me unto this path, to make me a righteous Muslim. May Allah open the path for all of us and grant us to be real Muslimin, inshaAllah. Amen. I am now going to be handing over to Sheikh to continue where Sheikh stopped last, but also just a reminder that you can send through an SMS as well as a WhatsApp in terms of what Sheikh has been mentioning, if you do have a question for that. And also the certificate handover that will be taking place on Saturday, inshallah, that is going to be at Vangate Mall. Do know that you need to make contact with Zarina Talib, which is the producer of the program. On her number, which is 021-442-3500, you just ask for Zarina Talib. If you have been one of those people who have attended the workshops as well as the excursion prior to the program, then definitely do send through your list of names as well as a good spelling. So you can send it through to the email address, and that is Z-E-R-I-E-N-A-J at V-O-C-N.C-O.Z-A. <laughs> However, I now hand over to Sheikh to continue, inshallah, Sheikh Tafatul. Alhamdulillah, just before the break, we were speaking about the second part of the pillar, of the first pillar, which is the Kalimat of Shahada. And we were speaking about the portion that we said, وَأَشْهَدُوا أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ الرَّسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ And we wanted us to understand that, as we said earlier on, it is not words only, it's words must be able to have an effect because of its understanding and its interpretation and its implementation whilst we are alive to be able to see that we become Muslims through the manner given to us by Allah and His Rasul Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Collectively that makes for us the first pillar and I need to say to let us understand when we think of the world that we're living in today we speak about things that happens in short term medium term and long term and when we speak about long term it speaks about a person a process that is going to take place in a few years time or a long period from now but that we plan for now already something that is long term that we plan for now already and then we need to put things in place for that long term we need to have medium term project project that needs to be in place so that we can actually get to get to the done things done and then we need to also say if that is the medium term ones they need to be short term issues that needs to be done and those short term issues that the, the, that, that must be the short-term issues and actually give quality to the medium-term issues and the medium-term issues give quality to the long-term issues. And if we look at the concept of Islam as a whole, the concepts, then we see that in actual there is short-term, medium-term and long-term issues. And what is the short-term? The short-term issues is the Kanima Tushahada. The first, uh, first, and it says to us, now the short term usually is things that must be done continuously, obviously all the time, and 
has been seen too to be able to give quality and value to the medium term issues and the medium term issues develop then because of the short term issues that in actual fact becomes the long term issues so what is the short term as we said the kalimatu shahada consistent ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadar rasulullah as we said not words only words that must be understood and it must have an effect and an profound effect on the heart and on the mind to be able to see that we really come to implement it in our lives inshallah right that makes us up the first the the the, the first pillar and so then we go to the second pillar the second pillar as we know in in of uh, of islam is the salah and what is salah in actual fact the scholar says it is the connection or relationship that man has with allah ta'ala salah is all about our relationship your and my relationship as a human being with our Lord Allah Taala. It's all about the connection that you and I will have with others, right? With I mean, with none other than Allah Taala. Allahu Akbar. So when we speak about salah, Allah has made it a fard because Allah seen the necessity that you and I needs to definitely have a connection with our Lord Allah Taala. And if we see that we work at that, we do then the processes we get or to develop our processes. But when we speak about salah, salah is an ibadah, but salah has prerequisites to it. And the prerequisites of salah speaks about the issues of ta'ara, such as the istinja, the hudu, the tayammum, the 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 ghusl, uh, um, and so forth. The issues that has to do with that speaks about and. And if that is the prerequisites of Salah, Sayyus, when we speak about Salah, it cannot be done without those things. And Salah will not be Salah, cannot be accepted as Salah if those prerequisites is not in place. And every one of us who needs to be able to then see that we need to perform Salah, these prerequisites must be understood, must be studied it's a far to know it it's the far to do it properly and execute it appropriately a hadith of the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says to us a severe punishment in the grave by allah for the person who unfortunately does not make the hudu properly can such a person in, with the intention go to Makkah, want to go and perform Hajj, or don't think he's going to get for Hajj? No, he's not. He's going to waste his time. So, these prerequisites of Salah is a necessity that must be carried out, must be understood, must have been researched by you and me. You and I must go to study it, know it, and implement it appropriately. If we wish to one day go for Hajj and obtain Hajj Makbun and Mabruf, and grant him the understanding of what they're going for. But besides the prerequisites, such as the 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 the, the uh, 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 tahara issues that there is, there's also the Oqat. the fact that Allah wants us to understand that there are certain times of salah, and in those certain time frames, there's time. There is time management in the life of a Muslim. That things must be working on time. And if we can actually understand, in the time of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there was no watches. They spoke about the term Sa'a, which means, in our interpretation today, it's an hour. 
But they didn't. They couldn't work on minutes and, 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 and seconds. They didn't work on those things. They didn't have minutes and seconds then. But what was the issue that worked with them is that they worked on the time management of salah. The awqat of the waqt was the time management of their life. May Allah open the path forward of us, inshallah. I mean to that. Alhamdulillah, we were busy on the issue of looking at the prerequisites of the salah we were speaking about the awqat and we said it all has to do with time management the fact that the muslim ummah needs to manage our time and allah has given us time through the different awqat that there is and that we do our things around that time the which means the highlight of our life the time factor of our life needs to be the awqat and from there we do the rest of our things so it is the thing that we need to be the focus its base is the awqat and from the awqat we need to do the rest of our things in our life and that comes from the way allah Taala said it for us and then the other aspect is the fact that allah has granted us a process of discipline through salah salah is that thing which teaches us discipline teaches us to be able to have format and structure to know that we're not doing things haphazardly what comes comes and what goes goes is not the life of a muslim a muslim is structured disciplined knows very well what he's doing and prepares life in accordance and that's what salah teaches us isn't that so don't we all know that what salah this is what salah does to us don't we realize this? Yes, obviously. It does this. It creates a process of not discipline in salah only, but in salah we see a sense of discipline that needs to be implemented in our life, that we become disciplined, organized, and structured people. Very much concerned of everything that we do and how we do it and how we deal with others. There's also the aspect of leadership or leader and followers found in how we make our salah our salah creates a bond on us that we do not do things before our leader our leader says allahu akbar and then we move we do not move before the leader and we do not move with the leader we move our leader does the move and then we follow him in the in the move in the action right so it's always a leader and all of us is making it in follow with of that following the leader and May Allah grant us to understand this is all what Salah is made of, of. And we've been doing this all the time. We need to come to understand that, to realize our life needs to be a life where there is a leader who guides us along. Our leader is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and we are the followers of that leadership. And when we have leaders amongst us as a'imma, as shuyukh, as scholars of deen, and they are our leaders of our time, but they have to follow the great leader Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which has been followed, follow the instructions from Allah ta'ala, and we then are guided on the true path. May Allah grant us to be of those things, inshaAllah. We also see that this ibadah of salah consists of physicality and spirituality. When we see sp- physicality, I mean, it has to do with a physical process. It is standing and, 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 and prostrating, and, and going into sujood and ruku as we call them um, these physical postures in the salah and the and you go into the sitting position um, all those are physical processes that needs to be in the salah there's a physical consistency that needs to be in salah but there's also a spiritual consistency that needs to be in salah so 
when we speak about salah, it's a spiritual, a physical ibadah and a spiritual ibadah collectively. We've mentioned the things that there is in salah. These things you cannot take out of salah. And so we need to understand that this is what salah is. But if the salah is in accordance with that, alhamdulillah, it helps us to be able to establish the ability to develop as good Muslims, inshallah, and to be able to benefit the good of the dunya and the good of the akhirah. And and as the scholar says to us, it consists, the salah consists of the spirituality, consists of dhikr and dua. You're making a whole time dhikr. Dhikr is the dhikr of the Quran, the dhikr of the sunnah, uh, uh, adhkar that you were making, given to you and me, that we are making in our salah. And it is dua, a time for us to be able to speak to Allah from our hearts, our calling and begging of Allah for, our, for anything that we need. That is what our salah consists of. May Allah grant us to be able to understand and grant all those people who want to go for hajj that they reap the understanding of that and strive their very, very best that their salah becomes what we've just said now, that they work at this physicality. In the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He says to us about the physicality. Make your salah the way you see I make the salah. Right? So you and I cannot make the salah the way we want to. Um, when when uh, uh, he saw a, hadith, a sahabi who was not doing the salah properly, he says to him, go back and perform your salah over for what you did was not salah. The Nabi said to him, what you did was not salah. Imagine he was a Sahabi in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The question normally is, if he is a person that was a Sahabi in the time of the Nabi, living with the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, what would the Nabi have said to you and me? Have we to perform the salah? And he saw us making the salah. He said to the Sahabi, "Go back and perform your salah over for what you did was not salah." What are you then doing? What am I doing? Are that is that called salah? Allahu Akbar. So you and I need to see that we do the salah as the Nabi said, Salu When you make salah, you better see that you make your salah exactly like you see me make the salah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. Do know that you can also send through your messages if there is anything in which you want to ask Sheikh in terms of what Sheikh has been mentioned. Inshallah, the number to our WhatsApp, you should be probably be knowing it by now already, which is 072-238-0712. We were speaking about the, the issues that has to do with, and we, we ended off on the physicality and the spirituality that there is in Salah. We looked at the dhikr and the dua that there is, as the scholars saying, we mentioned in the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa we indicated to us that we need to, that Salah needs to be performed exactly as he performs it. And on this, the scholar says to us, when we speak about salah, salah shows a sense of precision that needs to happen in the life of a Muslim. That there must be precision in our life. We must consider what we do must be precise. We must do it to the best of our abilities, right? And there must be, salah is something that is continuous in our life. It's not something that happens just a once-off matter. It's a continuous matter, it's an everyday matter, and it's five times a day, every day for the rest of our life, right? So when we speak about precision, it is very precise. It is also continuous. It's not something that you do a once-off matter. It's something that you need to live by on a continuous means and as we see the words of Allah in the Holy Quran when Allah says to us uh, 
uh, that you need to have a sense of precision in the quality and the status and the value of your salah and you need to be able to protect and preserve your salah in the best possible manner so there's continuity, there's forever, and there's precision that you and I need to work with. So it comes from both Allah and His Rasul. We also know the, the words of Allah. Allah's made the salah a necessity on us five times a day, every day of our life, these specific occasions, and those are the hours and the times that we need to live with. And that makes up the process of the understanding of salah that needs to be within our lives. May Allah grant us the understanding. And so if you and I need to look at the quality at salah that we need to do, we need to look at how we do make our salah and what is the benefits. We also need to understand there is great benefits in the postures of salah. The postures of salah is of great benefit to us physically, mentally, medically, spiritually. There's great benefits in everything that we do in salah, even in the wudu, even in our ghusl. There's great benefits in those things. The benefits that there is in it, it we only benefit because Allah has made it a fart upon us. Because Allah wants us to benefit through those processes. One example of the other benefits. For that matter, if you want to get rid of excessive headaches, then according to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in Abu Huraira complained complained to him about the severity of his headaches and the fact that he uh, said to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam what we would say today. It's, it's, it's a, a migraine, it's like very, very severe pains. The Nabi said to him, then you need to go into sujood much more. And what the scholars find, because the migraine is effect on the brain, and if you go into sujood and put your head into sujood, there's a lot of blood that gushes into the brain, and it neutralizes the feelings and emotions and allows the process of migraines to overcome the body. Or it overcomes simply because you go into sujood much more. So it's not the position only of sujood, but the fact that if you make the salah and sujood in there and you communicate with Allah, the benefits from a medical point of view is so great. And I'm only mentioning one because it is too much for us to mention all of them. But I want you to understand these great meaning in everything we do in salah the medical world today would not expose that to you and me or even to the christian world because they know the greatness of that but they will keep it back from the world because otherwise then everybody's going to become muslim or everybody wants to be muslim but that just comes from allah ta'ala it doesn't come from the medical world but the medical world in the research found it to be of such great value and they come to recognize that yoga doesn't have the effect equal to salah. If you do a thousand yogas, cannot be to one salah that you do properly. So the salah, the precision and the properness of making the ruku properly, the sujood properly, spending sufficient time in your ruku and sujood, when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to the person, go back and perform your salah over for what you did not, if what you did was not salah, the Nabi said to him, the major point is when you go into ruku, you cannot move out of it when you go into sujood you cannot move you must there must be a sense of rest 
your body must come to a rest and you must communicate in the spirituality of what you say subhana rabbil a'la subhana rabbil azim must be able to penetrate your heart must be able to go through your brain must be able to feel as as an antenna uh, or, or, or uh, produ- uh, 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 you sending off a message off to Allah that the antenna of Allah accepts your message. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us. That we come to understand what Allah wants for us in salah and that we've worked to the value and the status of that in our ibadah, inshallah. And that Allah grants all of us that we actually strive to make our salah meaningful in our ibadah, that we actually become real people who benefits through the process of our ibadah, inshallah. Shukran for that one, yes, me, for now. Um, I, I, I just need to be able to just understand, and when we look at the process, remember, when we did what we call the Karimatu Shahada, the first pillar, we said it is a short-term process. And we explained to you the words short-term, in meaning something that you do a lot, continuously, and many of those short-term things, that, but those things benefits the long, long-term process and it benefits the medium-term processes. Similarly, the scholar says to us, the Kalima Shahada is a short-term and the Salah is also short-term. The Salah is also short-term. Short-term in the sense, it is something that must be done five times a day continuously forever. It needs to have precision, preciseness, because that is the thing. If you do it, says Allah in the Holy Quran, in the salah, if salah is done properly in accordance, and you put commitment and dedication, and you spend time in your ruku, and you spend time in sojood, you don't, you don't do up and down and kiss the ground, and you don't do, as I said in the olden days, unapak. Uh, if you don't do, if you make your salah proper, it consists of ruku that's properly with time and time. It has time managed, time constraints in it, and you put time committed. Remember, you are now in relate in the relationship with your Lord, your your interaction, and you. So, if for that matter, as we would say, quality time with Allah. If your salah is quality time with Allah, quality in your ruku, quality in your aitidal, quality in your sujood, and you give meaning to it. Like for instance, the question that I mean normally would love to ask for people: I wonder why are we making i'tidal in our salah? You come from ruku, you could go straight to the sujood, wouldn't it be best? But why are we doing it? Many of us doesn't even understand why we're making sujood or why we're making ruku. I'm not speaking why we make we're making it because we're making missing other people making it. But why? Is there a reason why? Yes, there must be. Otherwise, Islam is so absent. Uh, 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 an, an, an issue of we make an ibadah that we don't even know what we're making. What the chutas dangas things are we doing? No, no, no. This is not. It's not a upside down and downside up. No. It's very precise. It's to the point. It's exact. Allah Ta'ala, in the words of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, guides to us. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Bakr relates to us the hadith. He says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us that the reason, the purpose for our ruku is so that we there can show Allah appreciation. Now we come to, he says that in, 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 the ruku, in the ruku we need to be able to praise Allah. In the ruku we need to praise Allah. Ya Rabb, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So, the ruku is not for no reason, 
But so there is a specific reason for for i'tidal when we come out of out of the i'tidal. Now, people, what words you say in Arabic has got nothing to do with with praise if you do not praise Allah. Praise Allah means that you think of reasons what is worthy of being praised and you praise him and even if you praise him in Kosa or in Zulu or in French or in Latin or in Chinese but it's that that comes from your heart and your feeling and your emotion in your, your brains and you present that to Allah that is praise so if you praise Allah in the words that comes from your own tongue and your own words that you put in sense of praise and you say to Allah the glory be it unto you Allah then that is glory but praise is near reality when you praise Allah when it comes from Allah from, from your personal self. May Allah open the path from all of us inshallah and except from all of us inshallah. I mean shukran so much for that Sheikh. Uh, absolutely beautiful there in which she has mentioned in terms of the praise as well as praising Allah. So then that Sheikh can just quickly mention and speak about the excursion that's going to take place as well as to a closing fast. Okay Mr. we just mentioned the excursion again the excursions taking place on the 15th and the 16th of July inshallah the excursion is all about having to give quality to our people that is going for Hajj but also everybody it's a spiritual and a, and a physical retreat that we're having that runs over that weekend for that period only um, we start off at after Fajr the morning that Saturday morning inshallah and we end off by after lunch uh, inshallah after dhuhr lunch we will be served in for, for 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 ending that process off so from seven the morning or from fajr the morning and the saturday morning until two o'clock the the sunday afternoon inshallah the one of the conditions that we need to understand is that excursion is not possible with children especially if a person goes for hajj it's not possible with children Right? Because part of the educational process that there is is to allow the hujaj to experience what is it like to be without my children, away from them, when I'm not, because when I'm going to go into my hajj, I'm not going to be with my children. I cannot go with my children. But you can prepare the process of your own heart and your own feeling and your own emotion. What is it like so that you can grow to become effective in implementing the processes of the physicality and the spirituality that needs to happen on Hajj. Similarly, we need to say it's also a lesson for your children, preparing them to know Daddy and Mommy is going to say farewell and goodbye, and they're not going to be with us during the process of the Ibadah. So I learned through that now today before they go on to the Hajj. May Allah grant khair and barakat to all of us, inshallah. We've come to the end of this program for today. Um, allow us to just make the collective dua, if you do not mind. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Wal-asr inna al-insana lafi husr illa al-lazina amanu wa amilu al-salihat wa tawasu bil-haqqi wa tawasu bil-sabr wa sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahabu wa barik wa salim subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin we come to the end of madrasa on A and assalamu alaikum and